Thank you, Hal. Yes, please um, remember uh, Chad is right there uh, near Baghdad. As a matter of fact, I'm not, I remember uh, discussing this with him in an email exactly where he is. I'm not sure he's in the same, um, the green zone there. Um, but um, certainly need to pray for him and um, the action that's ongoing there. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth in me shall never die. The grass withers and the flower fades, but our, but the word of God stands forever. This is a very important day for us as we start a new year. And so we're looking forward to uh, maybe having a little bit of a special this morning on uh, beginning this this year. So let's take a few seconds, closing our eyes and bowing our heads. This is our opportunity for spiritual preparation, special <clears throat> our opportunity to prepare ourselves for our, wor- our worship service. So let's close our eyes, bow our heads, and then I will open us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for your many blessings for us. We're thankful that we can come to you in prayer with our requests. And Father, we know that you hear them, and we know that you also answer them uh, according to your will. We ask, Father, for your blessing upon uh, our church, certainly our nation, and on individuals and individuals as we begin this new year. We pray for Chad as he is uh, in and around the uh, the Baghdad area. We know that there is um, certainly uh, a very unsettled situation. We're not certain about his situation, but Father, we pray for his safety and his uh, continued success. We ask for your blessing now upon our service. In Jesus' name, amen. This is not only our the first Sunday of the year, but it's also the first Sunday of the month. And on the first uh, first of the month, we always have our ritual, our special ritual of communion. And the past uh, few communions, I have tried to uh, read passages, study passages, take us to passages that. Uh, relate to the communion service. And this morning, I would like for you to turn to 1 Timothy 2. I'm going to read the, the passages here, the verses, that are of interest to us this morning. Our verses 5 and 6, but... Throughout our service, uh, or as we move into our service, we'll be interested in these first verses as well. First Timothy 2, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. This is really an important verse for us. Um, and we will discuss prayer a little, a uh, little later. But he exhorts. It means that, uh, you could almost, uh, indi- uh, substitute a command, uh, here. Uh, Paul is instructing uh, Timothy to do this, but it's also a command for us, for an exhortation for us. Uh, the Lord wants us to approach the Father in prayer and to do it often, not just periodically, maybe once uh, a week, uh, 
but he wants us to be prepared to speak with the Father constantly. And the words that are used here, supplication, prayers, intercessions, I don't think Paul was trying to uh, separate these words, but he's using uh, an emphasis here, the importance of it. And so he uses repetition. And it's important for us to remember this. And the giving of thanks be made for not just those who are in your family, those that you enjoy, friends. No, it's for all. We should be in prayer for them. For kings and all who are in authority. In order that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all goodness and reverence. Uh, I've uh, addressed this previously. Uh, we pray that we will live in a peaceful time so that we will have the opportunity to live not only our spiritual life, but to speak to others about spiritual things. And that's what this is going to say. For this is good and acceptable. And here we are with the word good again, agathos. Uh, but it's proper. It's uh, correct. It is, we could even use the word pleasing here, for, the, for it is pleasing and acceptable in the sight of our God, of God our Savior, <clears throat> who de- desires all men to be saved. So, the Lord, God, And I believe here, when we look at these words, it's always interesting to try to determine when we're discussing God, who this is. Is this God? It says, God our Savior. Well, we would immediately say that this is the Lord Jesus Christ because, as a matter of fact, we are going to be studying, uh, remembering him as our Savior. But God the Father is the author of this plan, and he sends, gives his son to be the Savior, which really makes the Father the Savior as well. Uh, The Trinity, the Godhead, is a a wonderful uh, family, we could even say. And so when we look at this, and we'll see, I think, as we look at the context, we'll see that God, our Savior here, is the Father. God, our Father, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, we're returning to the word God here, and I believe that this is the Father. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. Who would that be? The mediator is the Son. And he is the mediator between the Father and all men. And so our context, I believe, helps us here that this is the Father who desires this. That all men respond to the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants them to be delivered from their sinful lives, their lost Lives, their hopeless lives. One meter between God and men, and this is generically, it's not just men, so it's men, the man, Christ Jesus. And that's where we are now with our communion service. Who, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom to all to be testified, to be testified in due time. Now, when we look at verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator, uh, traditionally we might say that this word mediator conveys an idea of someone who is working a compromise between two parties. Uh, we have one party over here, we have another party over here, and we have a mediator who goes back and forth. And that's not how we uh, define this word uh, when we talk about the mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was not a mediator who worked for a compromise. 
Instead, he was the only one able to go between man and God to enable them to have a relationship, but entirely on God's terms, on the Father's terms. God the Father sets the terms, and God the Son is going to be the mediator that is going to be able to provide a way for this lost people, mankind, to relation to have a relationship with the Father. Verse 6, who gave himself a ransom. Uh, this word ransom, as a matter of fact, this is the only place where it's found. We say that it is a hapax, it is used once. It's the word for once in New Testament Greek. But it's uh, the word ransom is lutron, but here it is anti-lutron, which means that we have a prefix which adds emphasis to this ransom. We find the word lutron, ransom, in other parts of the Bible. But here, Paul is really adding emphasis to this word. Um, So the ransom here means that there is a price being paid. The Lord Jesus Christ gave himself as the price. He is the price that was required by the Father. And then we have the word in most of our translations, for, for all. And the word here, uh, fall, for, is huper. And it means on behalf of. We could even say to atone for. There's nothing we can do. It's the Lord Jesus Christ is doing it on our behalf. And then it says to be testified in due time. And I think the phrase, and it's a rather difficult, uh, difficult uh, phrase to translate, the context seems to tell us that the Father has promised there would be a deliverer. And this is the, um, the testament of it finally occurring here. The Lord Jesus Christ, in due time, He provides, the Father provides the Deliverer, the Savior, and that is the manifestation, the revelation, the testimony in due time today. So, um, this is one of our passages that speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our ransom. He pays the price. He is the mediator that brings us into a relationship to the Father. So, this morning, as we pause in our services for our communion service, we have a, we have the Lord's table. The Lord's table. We have uh, the Lord's supper. We have the communion service. But we have the elements, and the elements have been established by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that his body is part of this, but his body, of course, his physical body, went to the grave. So we have a representation, uh, something that symbolizes the, the, the person of Christ, his sinlessness, but his body. And that's what he says. This is my body, which is broken for you. And so we have the bread, the person of Christ, sinlessness here. And we also have the other uh, element is the cup, the work of Christ, his work on the cross. And we represent it by these two pictures, the work of Christ, his spiritual death, his spiritual death for us so that we might have spiritual life. The eating and drinking of the bread, eating the bread and drinking the cup of the cup, we have 
uh, is an indication of faith in the person and work of Christ. Um, the the bread again, the Lord calls this is what's been broken for us, and of course we know in uh, the, the Lord's supper with uh, his last supper with the the disciples that he took a whole. This is another concept that we very we don't often very uh, discuss, but he takes an entire loaf of bread and he takes and breaks parts of it uh, so that it can be shared. And this is the sense of his body being broken for us. Um, and the cup, of course, is the representation of his death. Uh, the color generally is going to be reddish. It uh, is the sign of his of his death, his death on the cross. So eating and drinking uh, represents faith in uh, the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And for us, it's important for us to have uh, examine ourselves so that there are no uh, sins that have not been confessed because we want to be in fellowship with uh, God the Holy Spirit, so that uh, the Lord's table is sig- not only significant to us, but we're not doing it uh, out of fellowship. So uh, I'm going to ask uh, the deacons who will assist me this morning with the with the elements, and this is uh, the the it's an important ritual for us because the Lord Jesus Christ command uh, a change from the Passover to uh, a focus on himself and not the death of the animal in Egypt, but his own self as he goes to the cross. And so I'd like to ask uh, Bill, Bill Sen, if he would give thanks for the bread as we close our eyes and bow our heads, this is our an opportunity not only for you to confess your sins, which you probably already have, I hope you already have, but it's also an opportunity for you to begin your focus and your concentration on the ritual that we have. Thank you, Bill. It's our custom to retain that element, the bread, until all have served, been served. The night, the, the night, On the same night in which he was betrayed, Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'll ask Scott Craig to give thanks for the cup. It's our custom to... Hold the cup until all have been served. In the same manner, the Lord Jesus Christ took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the, the new covenant of my blood. This do as often as ye drink in it, as you drink it in remembrance of me. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ was not only sent to the earth based upon your extraordinary, perfect essence, your love, sending him to provide a way for us to have a relationship with you. And we're thankful for his decision to please you, to go to the cross, to provide that uh, that way. We're thankful, Father, for this opportunity to continue to remember, uh, to review your plan, uh, his performance, and for the extraordinary uh, provision 
for us. We're thankful, Father, that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ not only died on the cross, but he arose again. He rose again. And he is sitting beside you in heaven. And he awaits the opportunity for him to return for us, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, which, Father, you will designate when you are prepared. And we know that the Lord Jesus, or the the word of God here in verse 25 also says, For often as ye eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. And therefore, we anticipate his return. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ, as he uh, departed from the upper room after the uh, the supper with his disciples, he uh, shared a song with them. And that has become our, uh, our tradition as well. That's how and Janet play for us. One of the blessings we have, and we very often don't see it uh, that way, but uh, one of the blessings we have is our opportunity to to give, to respond to the way the Lord has blessed us. And it's not the amount that's given, it's the expression. Uh, as we um, start this new year, uh, it's... Uh, one of the blessings that uh, we had last year, we uh, I want to I would like to thank all of those, uh, all of you, who have given to the church and uh, it, the church functions based upon gifts. And uh, last year um, was uh, a remarkable year for us. Uh, look forward to uh, Scott, uh, David possibly uh, briefing us on that. But it's uh, a wonderful opportunity that God gives to each and every one of us. And as I said, it's not the amount. It's simply uh, an opportunity that God has inserted into our spiritual lives uh, so that we can respond to him in, uh, in love. And the Apostle Paul tells us that each one of us, each one of you, should give, just as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly, nor under compulsion, because the Lord loves a gracious or a willing giver. Let's bow our heads. Dearly Father, we're thankful for your blessings. We're thankful for the way that you have provided for the National Capital Bible Church. We pray, Father, for uh, our still uh, our continued prosperity when we pray father or, or we also pray that we will be able to continue to worship you and teach the word of god praise you through uh through uh, songs and prayer and we ask for your blessing upon this offering in jesus name amen well we have a new year and I thought that uh, instead of returning to Second Thessalonians, that I would spend just a little bit of time this uh, this service thinking of last year's uh, events, but maybe even more than that, uh, the next year. Uh, There are many things for us to be thankful for from last year. Uh, And I think that as we ponder what the Lord has done for us, we should remember that. We should remember in our own lives or in uh, uh, our families, uh, possibly uh, for the church and also for our nation. It's important for us to review those things and thank the Lord for what he has done for us. But as we ponder those things, as we meditate on them, if we can use those words, I think it's also important for us to realize that it wasn't a perfect 
it wasn't a perfect year. Uh, none of us live a, perf- a perfect life. And so <clears throat> I think it's always important for us to think of how we might be able to Im- improve uh, those areas, but also to uh, certainly uh, imp- uh, improve our spiritual lives. And <clears throat> I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but I created uh, a list of things that we can at least uh, uh, possibly use as a basis for uh, improving our spiritual lives. Because as powerful as your spiritual life may seem to be for you, there is always the opportunity to improve. And so uh, one of the things that I did is that I made that list. But uh, this some might say, ah, yes, we're going to make some uh, New Year's uh, resu- uh, uh, some resolutions here. Well, very often we're uh, too busy. We're too busy to do that. But I think it's important for us to do that. It's not something, and I can tell you in my past, that I ever really stopped and said, you know, I think I'll ponder my spiritual life. But I think it is important for us to do that. Uh, trying to uh, develop a, uh, a more uh, effective spiritual life. And so um, this morning, I would like to, re- to review um, this, uh, this list that, I've, uh, that I made several years ago. And I'm going to call it this year, Reviewing and Renewing Our Spiritual Lives. Renewing, reviewing, and reviewing our spiritual lives. Something that I think is critical for us. Uh, As we look at the next year, we uh, probably hope that um, our, uh, our, well, uh, maybe advance in our jobs, uh, our businesses, uh, maybe um, uh, have some uh, some uh, items that we want to do around the house, uh, maybe uh, change a relationship that we have with friends or families. But I think where we should begin, and it's where I like to begin, is in reading scripture reading, uh, reading your Bibles. Uh, This is uh, something that I believe brings us closer to the Lord. Um, Some might say, well, I'm, you know, uh, some might say, uh, how uh, how is this... uh, enhance my spiritual life. Well, the Word of God is the mind of Christ. Uh, it is how we become closer. We, we, uh, lo- we know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Father, how God the Holy Spirit serves us. And therefore, as we read the Word of God, and it's not maybe something that we need to spend, uh, or you may not even say, think you have the time to spend a great deal of time reading the Bible. But it's important for us every day, every day, to spend some time, maybe just reading a very short passage. But it's uh, us uh, merging our thoughts with the Lord's. And so scripture reading, uh, we have some passages of scripture here. Um, Psalm 1. Psalm 1, a passage that I've memorized 
But it's remarkable. It's the first psalm. And it says one of the one of the ways that we're able to accomplish the first part of the passage, the psalm, is through the word of God. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. We know who the ungodly are because the word of God tells us who they are nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. And instead of those doing those items, verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And the, the word law there is the Torah. It's, And I think here it's, it's not simply referring to the first five books of the Bible, but it's the instruction of the word of God. But his delight is in the law, the Torah of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord. And in his law, his Torah, his instruction, he meditates day and night. It's something that's on his mind. You may not be able to spend uh, an extensive amount of time reading the word of God, but you should ponder what you read. You should remember what you read, and to think about it, to understand uh, the importance of why God the Holy Spirit provides this passage. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And it goes on in verse 3, because of this, Because of this meditation, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And so, what, and so whatsoever he does, and whatever he does, he shall prosper. Who would not desire to prosper? And we prosper because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with our relationship with the Father. The Father commands us to speak to him. And honestly, I think one of the ways that we speak with him is that we spend time in his His word. Because you cannot spend time in his word without stopping now and then and thinking about what's in that passage and very often praying about it. We also have Psalm 119, Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 19 is just a... one of many remarkable psalms. And of course, in Psalm 119... Verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, It's wonderful uh, to have the word of God uh, in our our minds. It helps us to make decisions during the day. Uh, It guides us. It gives us the opportunity to say, I know that this is the direction, this is the decision that God would have us do. Why? Because uh, the word of God is in my heart, in my mind. And I think that's great. Um, there There are passages that are difficult to understand. Uh, and maybe you're not going to spend a lot of time on them. Uh, maybe you'd like to just put a little question mark out beside that passage or remember that it's difficult or maybe seeing some cross-reference or just continue your reading. Um, I think after years of reading your Bible, there are going to be times when you say, aha, now I got it. Now I understand this passage. I have a better understanding. Or... 
Maybe you're looking forward to someone, a pastor, who will teach that passage. Maybe in Isaiah or in some other Old Testament passage or other Old Testament book or maybe in the New Testament. There are many times when uh, I'll stop and think, wait a minute, what does this mean? And sometimes it's going to take a while of researching uh, in order to at least come up with uh, an understanding of what is happening here. I think we could see that this morning as we were uh, reading in First Timothy uh, 2. Uh, one through six. Uh, who is this? Who is God? Which God is this? We'd like to say it's one God, but there are three members. And is this the Father? Is this the Son? Is this God the Holy Spirit? And as we study the, the passages, we could have gone to First Timothy one one because the same um, wording is used in the first verse of First Timothy one. 1 Timothy 1.1 speaks of God the Savior. And then it goes on to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ as well. But it's the Father and the Son. And so studying the Word of God is important to us. Um, So uh, sometimes you can even just ask others. I really do enjoy discussing the Word of God with with others, with you. Uh, That doesn't mean that I have all the answers. I don't pro- uh, propose to have the answers. Sometimes I'll say, well, let me look at the passage. Matter of fact, that's the safe thing to do uh, and talk uh, and address it later. Secondly, memorizing some scripture. Uh, you're driving uh, or you may be somewhere uh, where you don't have your Bible and that's going to be probably about 95% of your Bible, uh, your day. But if you have uh, passages in your uh, in your mind uh, memorized, uh, you can apply them, say them, and memorizing scripture. My Bible's still open to Psalm one nineteen. Turning back to Psalm nineteen, verse nine, memorizing scripture. Scripture, Psalm one nineteen nine through sixteen. The part here that I think is important uh, for the emphasis is going to be verse 11, but verse 9 says, how can a young man cleanse his way? And of course, this is not referring just to a young man, but also to young women as well. How can a young man cleanse his way? And we might say, uh, maintain a pure life, uh, a spiritual life, a godly uh, life. By taking heed, we might say, by guarding, that's what this word is, by taking heed according to your word, to your instruction. Again, here we have the word Torah. With my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander. Let me not err, uh, go astray from your commandments. Well, the only way that we really do that is to know what they are, studying them. And then verse 11, your word I have hidden, I have treasured is the word really here. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. And when we learn them and we have them memorized, then we can apply them. Uh, during our day when uh, we need uh, the the strength, the, the refreshment that we have from the Word of God. And so this is really a wonderful mental exercise to memorize Scripture. And it's great to have various passages running through your mind uh, at times when you need them. So the Word of God should be stored in your heart. Uh, Expanded prayer, and I uh, put the word expanded prayer here, is not just uh, every now and then, oh God, help. Um, But using prayer, uh, the Lord 
uh, in the book of Hebrews and in other places, we are commanded to come to the Father. We are to enter in the throne room and uh, and bring our prayers to the Lord. Uh, I've written here uh, Mark 135. 135 won't turn to Mark 135, but it's a great passage because it's the Lord Jesus Christ in prayer. He rises early before everyone else is op- is, uh, is up and he goes, finds a quiet, a quiet place and he spends time in prayer. Uh, throughout the ga- Gospels, we read of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, spending time with conversation with his Father. Uh, Ephesians 6.18. Let's go to Ephesians 6.18. This is a passage that's very close to 1 Thessalonians 5.17 that tells us that we should be uh, constantly in prayer. And Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. This is the Apostle Paul commanding us. This is uh, a mandate that we are to accomplish. We are to be involved in prayer constantly. And again, we use these, we see these words, prayer and supplication uh, by means of God the Holy Spirit. And I think that Paul uses those words to reinforce what he's saying. And what I love here as he goes on to say, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, with all perseverance. In other words, we're committed. We are committed to prayer. It is uh, part of our lives. It's not just something that um, maybe our parents taught us to do prior to an evening uh, before a prayer or before uh, going to bed. Although, I will tell you that prayer pri- prior to going to bed is, uh, in my at least in my life, is essential because it helps me when I awaken. Um, I'm, I believe, still thinking about the Lord. And I'm thankful that uh, I'm awake, that my I've opened my eyes, that uh, there uh, that I'm breathing, that there's heartbeats. Uh, God has given us another day. Uh, very often, I think, without prayer the night before, we wake up and we're either distressed or we're angry uh, or there's something in our lives that is bothering us. I think you should go to to bed every night in prayer. Uh, you may or you may not kneel, kneel by your bread uh, uh, bed, but uh, it's uh, it's important that we do this. Uh, Colossians one three. Let's go to Colossians. Well, let me finish this. Uh, so it says uh, uh, watchful. The word here for watchful means to be alert to this end, being alert in prayer to this end with perseverance and supplication for all saints. We're to be pray, we're commanded here to pray for others. Uh, very often we spend our times, uh, our time in prayer, uh, worried about ourselves, praying for ourselves. Praying for ourselves is wonderful, but uh, praying for others, spending time, uh, is important for us. All right, Colossians, Colossians one three, Colossians one three. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Colossians. We saw this uh, as we began First uh, Thessalonians. We see the same thing in uh, Philippians. The Apostle Paul says, I'm praying for you. We pray for you all the time. Well, if he begins almost every one of his epistles this way, it means he spends a lot of time in prayer. 
and therefore it's important for us. And again, First Thessalonians 5.17, um, we should be uh, prepared to prepare, we should be prepared to pray. And uh, if we're filled with God the Holy Spirit, then it's able to uh, think and to meditate uh, when uh, we're driving or uh, in anything. Uh, four, spiritual service. Uh, as I was beginning my uh, uh, Bible reading again this year, uh, something that I try to do is to read through my Bible uh, uh, every year. I have to uh, confess that I did not quite uh, finish this uh, uh, this year. I did get the, uh, the New Testament, a couple uh, books in the Old Testament. But let's turn, as I was beginning in, Galatia, in Genesis, let's turn to Genesis 2. And in Genesis 2, service, spiritual service, we're going to start here uh, in Genesis 2. We could begin, at, uh, we could find this word in earlier in chapter chapter 2, but uh, in verse 5, but let's go to verse 15. It says, Genesis 2, then the Lord, then the Lord God took the man, and this is... Uh, Adam, this is the man, because the woman is not yet there, uh, has not been created yet. And it's one of the things that's always wonderful, I think, here, is that uh, God creates the earth. Uh, Adamah is the word, the ground. He creates the earth. And then from that, this very special creation, he from the dirt, from the, the earth, he creates everything else except the woman. The woman is made from flesh. So here we have the man who was made, created from the earth, and here we have the Lord, the Lord God took the man that he had made and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the word here for tend is avav. And it means to serve. To serve him. And so the first man is created to do what? To serve. He is created to serve God. And I think that's important for us to understand that we are to serve God as well. Now, uh, it's, it also says to keep it, to guard it, to protect it. And sadly, we have to say that uh, Adam uh, was not successful in doing this. Uh, don't know about the serving, but guarding it, um, he failed there. And I think um, we can take, though, this understanding of tending or another time, another place as it's translated uh, tilling the soil. Uh, it can also be translated worship. But anyhow, uh, we are to serve. Um, Adam, the first uh, uh, human being, was commanded to serve. Galatians 5.13 Probably can't see all of these passages, but let's go back to Galatians. Galatians 5.13. Galatians 5.13. Apostle Paul, writing to the Galatians. The Galatians were struggling. And he writes to them in verse 13, chapter 5. For you, you all, brethren, believers, men and women have been called to liberty. In other words, uh, they have been called to not the law, but liberty, uh, liberty in their spiritual lives. Not only, uh, only do not use liberty here, meaning personal freedom, 
as an opportunity for the flesh, for doing what you want, uh, uh, giving in to sin, is what he goes on to tell, to say here. But he says, but through love serve one another. Uh, serving one another is very important. We have a hard time with this. Uh, we don't mind other people serving us. But serving others can be difficult. Uh, sometimes we develop a resentment towards others. Uh, and we're going to either ignore them or we might even uh, do things that will be uh, destructive to them. But here it says, in love. In love we to serve others. Uh, Hebrews, well, 6, 9, 9 through 10, and 1 Peter 4, 10. I encourage you to uh, to review those. Let's move on here. Uh, grace giving. Uh, I quoted Second uh, Corinthians nine uh, portions of six through eight. Uh, Philippians four seventeen through nine. Let's turn to Philippians four and First Timothy six seventeen through nineteen is another passage here. But this is uh, grace giving. Uh, God has given us the opportunity to give. And there is great blessing in in giving. Philippians four. Philippians four seventeen. Philippians four says, And my God, Philippians four nineteen, and my God shall supply all your needs. He has just spent time the previous verses talking about their giving. And again, he's not, uh, he's not saying you should give, uh, large amounts. But giving, giving is a wonderful part of our spiritual lives. And my God shall supply, and I've taught this, I believe resupply is the, the way to understand this because the Philippians were giving even given giving beyond their capability. And God was resupplying them. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. According to his riches. Lord Jesus Christ, uh, God the Father here, uh, is unbelievably rich. He has the capability of providing more and more and more. And so it comes from his his riches. So grace giving. Um, Paul didn't hesitate to teach giving. And we are told that those who have the correct mental attitude, grace attitude, uh, will reap in return. And that's what uh, the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, it's a wonderful passage. All right. Quickly, witnessing and evangelism. Uh, this is a difficult area for many of us, uh, witnessing. But it's something that I think we should approach the Father prayerfully, uh, asking for opportunities um, and giving us boldness. The Lord G- uh, Paul speaks of boldness, of being able to present uh, the Lord Jesus Christ to to others. Pray for boldness and praying for each one of us in the area of boldness. But this is another one of those areas where we all can improve. Second Corinthians five eighteen through twenty one. We have the uh, the spirit of reconciliation, and we are to give it to others, present it to others. Second Corinthians five eighteen through twenty one. We've read it many times, and I would uh, recommend you 
continue. Uh, go back and read it again. Seven, a greater interest in missions. Um, missions is important. Uh, it's something that uh, uh, we probably don't spend enough time uh, in our uh, in the uh, our personal efforts and f- for many churches. Uh, but missionaries need support, and supporting them financially is uh, certainly important. But uh, praying for them uh, or finding ways that we might be able to support them otherwise. Maybe um, uh, it's uh, clothing or uh, some other area that they can, uh, some of their needs. But uh, missions is important. Uh, and it's something that I think that makes this nation special because uh, we do s- uh, support many, uh, many missions. Uh, eight, helping others. We just read in Galatians 5.13, but helping others, kindness, thoughtfulness. Uh, this is important. Very often we... Uh, we ignore this. Uh, I'm going to take us to James 1.27. Uh, Acts 20, 35 through 8, uh, 38 is important, 35 through 38. But James 1.27. We have a tendency to ignore uh, those who are in need, those who need help. James 1.27. Verse 26 James says, if anyone among you thinks, considers that he is uh, religious here, uh, meaning uh, that you are spiritual. There's nothing wrong with this word uh, religion, but it means to have spiritual value and does not control his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's faith, we could use there, religion, spiritual life, is Useless. It's unproductive. Pure and undefiled religion, spirituality for God, and the Father is this, to, avis- to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. But the first thing that James mentions here is those who are in need. And it was something that was at that time uh, it was, they didn't have, um, uh, you know, uh, government support. And so this was something that James mentions, helping others, finding ways to uh, uh, help them. Uh, and very often in helping them, you find an opportunity for uh, evangelism as well. Nine, overcoming a weakness, a sinful uh, sin, Hebrews 12, uh, 1. Um, we are commanded uh, by the author in Hebrews that we are not to become entangled with uh, so, uh, sins. And we all have weaknesses. And it's important for us to pray about them and to make an effort to overcome those sins those weaknesses. Um, uh, Very often reading the word of God is uh, helpful here, memorizing scripture. Uh, But overcoming weaknesses, uh, Hebrews 12.1 is important. And then finally, uh, obedience. Obedience, obedient to God. Obedience also. Uh, Philippians 2.12. Trying to... uh, find ourselves more in uh, an obedient attitude, posture. Uh, Philippians 2.12, Paul concludes this thought. He says, Therefore, my beloved, as you all have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. And he goes on to say, work out your own 
salvation. And this salvation is phase two. It's experiential. You're a believer. And when it says working out, it means to bring about. Uh, it means uh, to improve might be another way to say this. Uh, with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. So it is, uh, it is the, the Father who energizes us spiritually, who energizes you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So being uh, obedient to God. Uh, these are areas where uh, I recommend that we, uh, we could make improvements. I, there's a, uh, a poem that I like. It's called The Ballad of the Tempest. It was written by James T. Fields. Uh, let me read this to you. And then we'll close with one more passage. This has taken a little bit longer, but a little bit of patience here with me. The Ballad of the Tempest. We are crowded in the cabin. Not a soul would dare to sleep. It was midnight on the waters, and a storm was on the deep. Tis a fearful thing in winter to be shattered by the blast and to hear the rattling trumpet thunder and hear the rattling trumpet thunder cut away the mast. So we shuddered there in silence for the stout held his breath while the hungry sea was roaring and the breakers talked with death. And thus we sat in darkness, each one busy with his prayers. We are lost, the captain shouted. And he staggered down the stairs as he staggered down the stairs. But his little daughter whispered as she took his icy hand, Isn't God upon the ocean just the same as on the land? Then we kissed the little maiden and we spake in better cheer as we anchored safe in harbor when the morn was shining clear. As we anchored safe in harbor when the morn was shining clear. And this tells us that God is taking care of us. And I often, uh, I have this uh, at home, uh, and I'll stop and read this, because there are times when we're at fr- we are afraid uh, the future, tomorrow, the next day, the next month. But God is upon the ocean, just by the same as in the land. Then we kiss the little maiden. And this is one of the things that we, we learn in uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship. Children believe what we tell them, and they very often Repeat it to us. So we kissed the little maiden, and we spake in better better cheer, and we anchored safe in harbor when the morn was shining clear. Where is our harbor? Who is our anchor? Our harbor is our future in heaven, and our anchor is the Lord Jesus Christ, because we do live in uh, enemy territory. Uh, as we clear, as we close this morning. Let's turn to Psalm 65.11. It's a great psalm, but let me go to um, as a matter of fact, uh, verse 9. I'm at least going to read verse 9. Verse 9 through 11. You, and this is God, you visit the earth and water it. This is God blessing the earth, bringing blessings to us. God's provision of rain. You, you greatly enrich it 
The river of God is full of water. You provide their grain, for so you have prepared it. Your water on the earth, it ridges, uh, it ridges abundantly. You settle its furrows. In other words, and the its here is the earth. You make it, the earth, soft with showers. You bless it, the earth. You bless its growth. You are, you crown the year. And that's where we find ourselves as we begin this year. You crown the earth with your goodness. Goodness here is bounty, your uh, abundance. And your paths drip with abundance. And I've sort of uh, add, added another uh, interpretation here, a little bit of a translation. Your paths drift, drip with, a dun- with abundance. You leave a bin- abundance in your wake. The Lord provides abundance for us. Uh, and as we begin uh, this new year, let's devote ourselves to him. Let's uh, uh, think about our, uh, our spiritual lives. Uh, because uh, we, as um, believers, by strengthening our own spiritual lives, we bring blessings to others. Uh, to uh, other members of our uh, our family, maybe our friends, uh, organizations, and to our nation. And our nation certainly needs uh, our, a strong spiritual life from its believers so that uh, blessings come upon this nation. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity to study the Word of God and see the remarkable uh, promises that you have made for us. And we pray, Father, as we begin this new year, that we our focus would not simply be on ourselves uh, and enriching ourselves or promoting ourselves, gaining uh, uh, fame somehow, but to focus more on you, our spiritual lives. And we're thankful, Father, for your promises of blessings for us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.